Welcome to Brown Bag Religion, the MF Casser podcast. Uh, welcome, everyone. Um, it's great to see you all. Uh, and it's a particular pleasure for me today to welcome Marianne Bialancasso, my partner in crime in the project Books Not Only by Title, and here comes the subtitle that I never remember, Exploring the Gendered Structures of the First Millennium Imagined Library. Uh, and this was the 2020, uh, 2021 Humanities Project uh, at the Center for Advanced Study in Drammenswein. Um, so today we are going to present some of the findings and surprises of the Books Not Only by Title project. That is what we're here for. Uh, and you all know the drill, right? So it's, it's like 13 minutes presentation and then 13 minutes for uh, Q&A. Uh, if you're with us uh, digitally, um, like remotely, you can use the chat function and Esther will follow up on you there. And if you want to ask questions, you who are here in the audience, you can uh, use the microphone. We're trying a new model now. It stands there, so we have to walk up to it and talk from that point. Okay? Yeah. So, um, we're ready to start. Marianne, do you want to tell us something about the, the books not only by title? Project? Yes. You sure, don't have a um, choice. So you have to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for being invited and uh, good to see you all and uh, wish you all a good lunch as, as we speak. You eat. That's the drill I've understood. Um, so, we, will, uh, we were here two years ago, exactly two years ago. We had just received the funding for this project and I remember we were with some of the audience, I guess. Uh, excited about having a whole year to do research and then we talked about what we wanted to do and now we're invited back and now the deal is that we have to present what we actually did what we found so somehow this is part two in a process where we are presenting things at CASER I would say so we will start by saying just for those of you who are not completely familiar with the project a little bit about the concept uh, what we did research-wise and also I will start by saying a little bit about CAS what this year actually was all about and then most interestingly, we will spend time on surprises and findings, which is somehow what is new since last time we presented two years ago. And that's supposed to be a little snapshot about what we actually found, what, what we did and what we somehow will, will continue to work on the year to come. Mm -hmm. So we were lucky, we uh, in competition with a lot of other uh, people, we won a year at CAS, Center for Advanced Studies in Drammenstein, Wittenskapsakademie to uh, collect an international research team to do research on the subject we wanted to do. However, <laughs> something called Corona came along <laughs> and made that very international top-notch uh, top year a very different one. And we're not going to talk very much about what we did not achieve since all these international researchers were not allowed into the country, as you know. But we want to talk about what we actually made out of it, which was fantastic with the people we had around and with the, the topics we were studying and with the opportunities we actually were given. Because we were given um, um, a space. That means that we were, were researchers sitting together, working from Monday to Friday, 24-7-ish, uh, uh, <laughs> with the things we were concerned about. We were completely doing nerdy things for the whole week, and that was our mission the year we were there. And we were there the whole year, and a couple of other uh, people, like Blossom, Stefanio back there, as you know, and Esther Brownsmith also came along. We were there for the whole year. And we managed to have different kinds of researchers coming in for either one month, two months, three months, longer periods. Many of you are here. And also we had a couple of international guests coming and a couple of other colleagues from Agder, from Stavanger, from Bergen, from other places in Norway. So we managed to make an international each team out of who, who were in the country. 
And we managed to really focus and, and get the opportunity to work intensively, which is the point with, with offering researchers a whole year like this. And also good things about Corona was that they said, normally it's a year, but since we were not able to spend all our money that year because no one can travel and no one could come, we got a new year. So we actually got an extra year, which means that we are in the middle of the project now. We were supposed to be finished. So the findings are just tentative, of course. So we will, you have to invite us back in a year again. What was, what's now the new thing? So that means that, the, for example, the conferences, for example, some of the visits and some, for example, the publications, they will, they will still, we will still be working on that in this second year. Mm -hmm. I think that was enough about the project as such. Yeah. So now you can say something about the concept. What is books known only by title yeah. living? By? Yes, I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah. So uh, books known only by title, and I'm going to read a little bit. The books known only by title, they that, that kind of concept refer to refers to named literary objects known through the medium of other writings. That is what a book known only by title is. So it's an it's they are kind of embedded books. They are manifest in texts of their hosts so they don't have a text on their own they are textless but they are like kind of belong to another book or another text so they we have studied books not only by title in literary books or literary texts or and in book lists that is what we have been looking at um, sometimes um, the title is all that the host writing will mention but sometimes there can also be like a short paragraph of like a citation or a very brief description of what this this book alleged book is all about but not of like a long excerpt of, of a text or not of any substantial length we're talking about like a title and sometimes with a minimal edition so uh, it's like a book within a book that that all and they share the absence of text and they share the absence of material availability that is what a book known only by title is and what we did was that we studied like literature uh, from islam from judaism from christianity broadly conceived in the first millennium um, and uh, we looked for gendered structures in particular in these books and how uh, that kind of correlated with books not only by title. And what we found out was that books not only by title is like, it's kind of a universal phenomenon, but we had to kind of reduce it to this very particular period because we just couldn't deal with everything. Uh, but uh, you, would, you could also find them today in like, yeah, if you watch Game of Thrones, I showed you some pictures some time ago, uh, you find them there, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Harry Potter, Sherlock Holmes, you find them all over the place. It's not, it's not a strange thing. It's very, very common. And, and one of the examples that we've used to talk about books not only by title is Eldad and Modad, um, and the book so-called of Eldad and Modad. Um, and I'll read for you. Uh, the Lord is near to those who return, as it is written in Eldad and Modad, who prophesied in the wilderness to the people. Uh, so this is a sentence from the Shepherd of Hermas, uh, a book from the like first, second century, where this book of Eldad and Modad is mentioned. But this isn't a book that we know whether it exists or not. It's also mentioned in some book lists, but we do not have a text. It's only mentioned by title. And this very short quote, the Lord is near to those who return. That is all we know about uh, the content or assumed content of this book. So that's an example of a book not only by title. Do you want to say something about what we found out? <laughs> yes, yes, I will. You I have will. to again. I, yeah. I, yeah. Well, um, this as a starting point, this book, books not only by title, somehow we realized that that was, that was the starting point where we could address a lot of other 
texts, issues, concepts, methodologies around that. But we, we had that as a starting point. So of course, a lot of our findings are very concrete on that. But we also used that phenomenon as a springboard to study a broader context, both theoretically and also when it came to, to you know, research, research questions and also sources. But that's very important that it's, it's narrow. And, and I mean, that is the that is somehow the selling part of it. It's, it's very specific what we do when, it, when we look exactly at these titles, but we also had the chance to, to, you know, to broaden out the perspective from that. Mm -hmm. But some of our main findings, from, from some of our first findings were exactly that the frequency of books nominated by title are much broader than we thought. It is, as Living Boy said, it's quite, uh, quite all over in a way. And we realized that very early because we thought this was, okay, we had found something, we had some on our list. We thought that part of what we should do was to make a page. These are the, the books that are, but that page somehow ended up being pages and even more pages. And we had a whiteboard that at one day we just we had no more space on the whiteboard. And we realized that to, just to catalog and map that is a whole project in itself. And we can't, we can't only be quantitative here. We have to dig, dig down and do some more analytical work. So just to find out how frequent it was and how influential it was and how many different sources we, we had to approach with this in mind, that was in itself a main finding. And that is, I mean, no one have ever focused so much on this before. So that in itself, just to highlight that as a research object was in, its, in itself a finding, I would say. Uh, and this is a wide-ranging phenomenon that still remains unexplored. So we're, as I said, we're just half halfway in our project in a way. And then, um, very briefly, we 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 have seven have found seven tendencies in the use and function of these books in literary texts. And now I just mentioned them very briefly because seven findings, as you know, seven tendencies. It's it has to be superficial just mentioning them, but just try to imagine what it, what is covered under all these headlines. Seven tendencies. Antiquarianism, you know, these books are doing something related to that. Creating continuity and genealogy, you know, books not by title. I know that's that guy, that guy, I'm from that, I'm from there. This is my place, this is my roots. Filling in gaps, you know, so all kinds of gaps. Hey, book, I'm just mentioning a book. It's a very effective tool to fill in gaps in a way, in all kinds of ways. Creating um, uh, disruption, the other movement arguing special knowledge. And there I just want to, uh, again, return to this Elder Dan Mudad, Shepherd of Hermes, which is an apocalyptic early Christian text. In this dialogue, this, this Elder Dan Mudad book that no one ever read because it's not really a book, except that we, we have found it. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, it, it's, <laughs> it's somehow a, a title that is, um, is extremely important because it works as a way to argue for authority and it works to argue for, for special knowledge. There's something you don't know here. There's something I, I control. I can title drop it. I can name this, this book, but you don't have it. So it's doing something, creating special knowledge, giving me authority, giving me a special position. So that's, that's the fourth tendency we found. And also arguing heresy and illicit knowledge. You know, books have that function. Creating great men. You know, clustering books around great men of the past. You know, this book, this book, this book, Moses wrote, so-and-so wrote, Abraham, blah, blah, blah. Connecting a lot of, of, of making networks out of all these books that are known other by title. And, and uh, finally then, uh, that one, one, one third thing that we found now, that, that was the seven tendencies. A third finding was that these books are mentioned in book lists. They are in literary texts like Eldar and Mudan in The Shepherd of Hermes, but they are also 
in lists, uh, a, a different kind of lists where I, for example, I have all these books in my, my library. So, so, so books, blah, 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 or avoid all these books, lists, da, 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 da. So these phenomenal lists are very important uh, for our work. And we realized that uh, these books are repeated, 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 some of them in lists, which makes them being even more real or appears even more real, but still they're just listed. So that is also a finding that the, that frequency, in addition to this more rhetorical argumentative function that these books have, they also are, appear in these lists, you know, as, as ev evidences of existence in a way. Yeah, so that was the three first findings. Living board, do you have more findings I coming do, up? I do. So we found out, for instance, that many uh, books, not only by title, are associated with female figures uh, and with different kinds of female figures. And I'll just mention some of these books that are mentioned. Like we have the Hymnals of the Daughters of Job. We have the Codex of Fatima. We have the first book of Noriah. We have the books of Montanus, Priscilla, and Maximilla. We have the letter of Mary Magdalene to Emperor Tiberius. We have the books of the Comian Sibyl, and we have the law of the Hebrews by Moso, a woman. And so there are lots of more. This is just some of them. And uh, they have different functions, uh, just as books that are associated with male figures. But one of the things that we do see, which is interesting, is that very often they are used to introduce a special kind of revelation or a special kind of knowledge. Here we have some kind of knowledge that, for instance, comes directly down and not via a male line of transmission, for instance. That is one of the functions. Yeah, we don't have the time to talk more about it. <laughs> uh, so uh, a different, or yet another thing that we've found is uh, that the, the kind of the books, not only by title concept, uh, functioned well uh, to um, kind of draw in other kinds of, of ideas and other kinds of thinking. We sometimes use the model of, of, of thinking about ourselves as a flower, <laughs> where we're kind of the center, and then there are like these petals, which are like theoretical uh, um, perspectives, for instance, that helps us think about what's in the middle, the books in the order by title, and also that pushes back on it and kind of uh, um, shows something new in the petal, if you see what I mean. And then, um, Finally, uh, I, we want to say something about the critical potential, because that turned out to be interesting to us, and also how this says something about research and what's been going on in the, the research discourse. Uh, discourse. Um, one of the things that we saw was that the academic imagination has sometimes made the first uh, millennium library too large in the sense that it has reconstructed all books that are mentioned is a, as a source, you know, as a real and materially available book. Uh, and that means that you have kind of made the library too big because many of these books never existed as real books. And one of the examples we have of this is again, Eldad and Modad, and this is in Charlesworth, the Old Testament pseudepigrapha. And here, Eldad and Modad appears as if it were a book alongside those books that are extant texts. So, so this is one of the ways that a too large library is being made. And then we have the other tendency, which is equally interesting. We would say that the, uh, the library becomes too small in the sense that it only allows for books that, are, that have texts associated with them. That is the only book that is allowed. And if we instead 
think of like uh, the library in the head or the imaginary literatures that people have in their heads all the time and look at the many forms that books have there. They're not only extant texts. Some of them are just books that we talk about and other have like, maybe we don't even know exactly what their status is. So we're talking about like, there's a larger library out there in that, that would have been imagined at any given time. And if we think about all books as being books only if they are extant, extant texts, then we miss out on a large like heaps of books that are also interesting because they are other things. Yes, I think maybe we need to stop. Yes, we do have something more, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the time is out really. <laughs>